You've all gone the extra mile to revise this. We're in great shape for the client meeting. Thank you all. You're here for others. The urgent care is closed. Should we go to the ER? You know what? I know what to do. We're here for you. That is a little bit higher than normal, but medically, it's not a fever. Oh good, that's a relief. Have a great day, sweetheart. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> the client loved it. We're approved to move forward. Great job, everyone. Live fearless, North Carolina. My how the boys grown from Roman low income home to homes of its It's own. the HBCU no Football Daily Podcast for today, Wednesday, September 25th. I'm Donald Ware. It is hump day. As a matter of fact, we got a lot to get to on today's podcast. And generally, and what we'll do, we'll take a look at the scoreboard for week five of the HBCU football season, uh, football uh, weekend, uh, which actually begins on Thursday. A&T is going to host Delaware State. It's a nationally televised game on ESPNU. Breaking news, if you hadn't heard, at St. Augustine's in Raleigh, Tim Chavis is out as the head football coach, and the Falcons have uh, actually uh, put in uh, a have a in which I've never really heard of um, have a co coaching co head coaching situation. Like I'd never heard of that before, but it's a co head coaching situation. Uh, two interim head football coaches um, at St. Augustine's, uh, Okessa Smith and Reginald Cooper. It's interesting because St. Augustine's sent out the release that said these two gentlemen would be the the interim head football coaches. They didn't even say co-coaches. It says interim head football coaches. And never really they never put out a release that they had let Tim Chavis go. Now, I had a chance, and you, you we, we've talked about this, and we looked at what was going on with St. Augustine's. I thought it was going to be a much improved program this year. They have a lot of young guys, had a lot of young guys on defense, and they were just getting beat down. Lenore Ryan beat them down, Virginia State. They were just getting beat down. Um, and come to find out, a lot of guys weren't playing because they weren't eligible to play. Well, I talk, I didn't talk with um, with Jim Chavis, but we text. I, when I heard that, you know, I'd heard that he was out as the head coach. He had written something on, on Facebook our Twitter that he later took down, I think, expressing frustration. And um, he had told me that, in essence, he was let go by the um, by the board, by the St. Augustine's board, in essence, let him go because apparently a lot of the parents of the student athlete football players were complaining because their kids weren't eligible to play. And so they looked at the coach when uh, at the end of the day, St. Augustine's had uh, for a moment a part time compliance person. They had a part time compliance person. I think now they have a full time compliance person. But, you know, having worked in athletic administration and really on that division two level, more specifically, you know, you're trying to get those guys eligible in the summer so they'll be ready to play. And, you know, I've been a, a, around a lot of situations where guys didn't play the first two or three games because they weren't eligible, even with a full-time compliance person. So you can only imagine with a part-time compliance person. And I think what the board was saying is that they were holding Tim Chavis responsible for getting these student-athletes 
certified or eligible, which that's not the football coach's point. Uh, that's not the football coach's job. Like, um, I, you know, I've said this on the on on uh, from the press box to press row for many years. At the end of the day, uh, when we talk about the APR situation, especially as it relates to our HBCU FCS programs, and it, it, it never fails each and every year. Um, you're going to have at least one or two programs that are going to be that are going to be um, on some kind of sanctions uh, because the APR is low. I mean, I think in that situation, the football coach does bear some of the responsibility because the whole athletics department bears the responsibility of making sure that these um, student athletes are going to class. If they're not going to class, not checking in, you know, you, you as the head coach sort of responsible for that aspect of it. Now, the actual academic side of things, that's more for the academic coordinator. That's more for whatever the resources that you have in the af- the athletic department that are placed specifically for that program or specifically for the academic side of the student athletes to make sure that they're doing the right things. Study hall, you know, as a, as a coach, you can set up your own study hall. Make sure your guys are studying in that fashion. Make sure your guys are going to class. You check in with the teachers. You can do that. But the academic side of things, there is a department, generally an academic coordinator, an academic department within the athletics department. In this situation, it's a little bit different because the coaches and the head coach can't certify players. They cannot certify the players. That has to be done. Um, the in that and and really in this situation. The compliance director acts as the in-between of the university and the NCAA, and that is specifically their job. And if you don't have a compliance director and or you have a, a, a part-time compliance director, I mean, you're just not going to be able to get it done. Um, you know, I really feel for Tim Chavis. Good dude, man, like a really good dude. I've had a chance to interact with him a couple of times Good dude, man. Just trying to run his program the right way. They had a little bit of a down year last year. If you go back two years ago, I mean, this was a team that was had beaten Winston-Salem State and was in the running for the CIAA Southern Division crown. It's a good, you know, he, he, he was doing things the right way. His guys were, you know, and it's just one of those things where, um, you know, I think to me, and and again, I, I, I you know, it, it, there's always two sides to every story. And I would need to definitely talk with some officials at St. Augustine's. I think really um, the board went over the head of George Williams, the athletics director. He's been the athletics director and the track coach there for so many years. The legendary George Williams, they went over his head and held the um, the the coach, resp- the head coach responsible and and. You know, St. Augustine's has gone through some things the last couple of years where they, you know, they were on probation and um, via SACS, which is the governing body for um, a lot of the or all of really. I don't know if it's all or a lot of the institutions in the South that, that determine, you know, how you are financially, where you are academically, how you run your school. Um, really. Uh, you know, put them on probation. They were they were on probation. They they got everything straight their footing straight in uh, i believe it was december 2018 ready to go but obviously not they still have some issues 
um, and didn't have a strength and conditioning coach either. So a lot of things going on there um, at St. Augustine. I think it's an unfortunate situation. Um, again, two sides to every, every story. But if I look at this thing on the surface, um, you know, maybe I think Tim Javis definitely got uh, or is getting a raw deal. So good dude. He's going to bounce back and it's going to be a good football coach. And as things develop, we'll talk a little bit more about this as the season progresses. Let's look at the HBCU football scoreboard for week five. And things get kicked off on Thursday night. North Carolina A&T going to be hosting Delaware State. The Aggies are coming off a bye week. They hadn't played since September 14th to come from behind. 27-21 victory over Charleston Southern. Meanwhile, Delaware State has to travel to Greensboro after just on Saturday falling to Howard. Fell to Howard. First MEAC game of the season for both Howard and Delaware State. Delaware State loses that game against Howard. But I think this is a much improved um, Delaware State football program. Rod Milstead has things going in the right direction for that Delaware State football team. Um, and so Delaware State is going to be coming into hostile territory to take on the Aggies, who again are coming off essentially a 12-day rest. Then on Saturday, we resume games. Texas College is hosting Panhandle State. That is a Sooner Athletic Conference game. West Virginia State going to be on the road taking on Concord. Chowan, one more non-conference game. They're going to be taking on McKendry. What a game between Shaw and Chowan. Double overtime. It was a shootout. Shaw won that football game over Chowan, 48-47. to Yo, Chawan's really got to get something done. They got to shore up that defense, make sure that defense is tight. Although, you know, Bryce Witt uncharacteristically um, threw three interceptions. I think Chawan may have had also a turnover or two in that football game. They're going to have to shore things up. Howard's going to be hosting Bethune-Cookman. First game of the season in terms of MEAC game of the season for Bethune-Cookman coming off that victory on the road against Mississippi Valley State against, uh, again, Howard coming off the victory over um, Delaware State. That is a game that is potentially a box to row national game of the week. Um, and really it's, it's early on. Again, Howard won up in the win column. Again, for Bethune-Cookman, it's going to be their first, uh, the, the first football game, uh, MEAC football game, that is, of the season for Bethune-Cookman. Lincoln of Pennsylvania going to host Livingstone and CIAA play. Shaw is going to host Edward Waters. The significance of the Shaw and Edward Waters game, uh, Gregory Ruffin, the head football coach at Edward Waters, comes back to Shaw. Uh, he helped to restart that program back in 2002 when they played club. Uh, the Bears played a club season, so he's coming back to Shaw, um, and that should be interesting. Again, Edward Waters making that move to, or beginning to make that move, I should say, to the SIAC. Virginia Union hosting Winston-Salem State. It's a CIAA matchup. Um, Winston-Salem State coming off a big win. Their, it's first of the season against Tuskegee on the road. Um, Virginia Union is coming off of a win. And for Virginia Union and Winston-Salem State, again, conference games, you want to, even though it's, it's intra-division games, north-south, you want to get off on the right foot. And that should be a good football game. Another potential Box to Row National game of the week. 
Clark Atlanta is hosting Albany State. Albany State, a nice victory over West Georgia. Meanwhile, Clark Atlanta is coming off a loss to Central State. Clark is looking for something to happen. They got to get some wins uh, on the season for the Panthers. Morehouse is going to be hosting Savannah State, an old-school SIAC rivalry. Morehouse was I believe was off last week, if my memory serves me correctly. This is a Eastern Division matchup in the SIAC and uh, should be a pretty good football game. Bowie State is hosting a wounded St. Augustine's. Fort Valley State is hosting Benedict. Um, again, this is a uh, an SIAC Eastern Division game, and it's a game that Benedict really needs. They're on a slide. Who would have thought Benedict would be 0-3 to start the season? Jackson State. It's going to be hosting Kentucky State. That game is going to be played in Indianapolis. It is the Circle City Classic. A big-time football game in Dallas as Grambling and Prairie View A&M get together. You remember last year, the first year for Eric Dooley as the head coach of Prairie View A&M after all those years as an assistant coach at Grambling. Prairie View A&M pulled that football game out. Grambling and both of these teams need a win. Grambling is 0-4. Who would have thought Grambling would have been 0-3 to start the season? Prairie View A&M uh, is 1-3 to start the season, and that should be a pretty good football game. That, again, a contender for the Box to Row National Game of the Week. Elizabeth City State and Fayetteville State get together in Rocky Mount, North Carolina for that um, Down East Classic. It's become a big deal in Rocky Mount. Elizabeth City State doesn't have any wins on the season looking for a win. Uh, Meanwhile, Fayetteville State is in solid shape. But, again, this is a conference football game. Norfolk State going to be hosting Florida A&M. Norfolk State, although 1-3 and on the season, you know, that's a tough game. you got to travel to Montana, take on a perennially ranked Montana football team. Um, You know, some good things you could take away from that Norfolk State uh, 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 team. Florida A&M, on the other hand, coming off a big win against Southern. This is going to be the first MEAC game for both of these teams, and both of these teams obviously looking for a win. Allen is going to be hosting Brevard. Alabama A&M going to be hosting Central State. Central State coming off the nice win, as we mentioned, against Clark Atlanta. Alabama A&M coming off of that um, that loss to Samford. By the way, I told you I would speak about um, that Alabama A&M lost to Sanford it was a particular play in the in the in the game um, on the conference call. Connell Maynard was the head coach at Alabama A&M was talking about um, a play that they that the officials were reviewing to see if in fact um, uh, Alabama A&M had gotten into the end zone, but they came back and said the forward progress of I, I'm not sure who the runner was um, was stopped for Alabama A&M. Maybe a little bit of a turning point in the game. Um, Sanford was still pretty much comfortably ahead, but definitely uh, Connell Maynard was not happy about that in the least. Allcorn State going to be hosting Mississippi Valley State. If you're Allcorn State coming off that big emotional victory over Prairie View A&M, um, you don't want to sleep on Mississippi Valley State. Over on the season, but an improved football team. Another boxer row, a potential boxer row national game of the week. Arkansas Pine Bluff is hosting Southern. Is there a hotter team in HBCU football right now than Arkansas Pine Bluff? Big win, last play of the game against Tennessee State. And this is going to be the opening conference game for both teams. 
Texas Southern on the road to take on Houston Baptist. Texas Southern looking for its first victory of the season. Lincoln of Missouri taking on Emporia State. Miles is hosting Lane. Miles is looking to rebound from their loss or its loss last week. Tuskegee on the road at West Alabama. Uh, Tuskegee reeling a little bit. One and two on the season are the Golden Tigers. They're looking for, even though it's out of conference play, they're looking for a win. Tennessee State opens OBC play on the road against Eastern Kentucky. Morgan State and North Carolina Central get together. First MIAC game of the season for both. Uh, the, the Bears looking for their first win of the season. Meanwhile, North Carolina Central got its first win of the season last week against Elizabeth City State. Finally, Virginia State is hosting Johnson C. Smith. I think this is an improved Johnson C. Smith football team. Virginia State 2-1 and one on the season. Again, another CIAA conference matchup. So that's a look uh, at what's to come beginning on Thursday and then on Saturday, week five of the HBCU football season on tomorrow. We're going to choose a box to row national game of the week, and I'm going to break that game down for you. So you definitely don't want to miss that. Follow me on Twitter at dware one at dware one D W A R E the number one. Follow us also on Twitter at box to row B O X T O R O W. Also on Facebook, B O X the number two R O W. Talk with you tomorrow.